When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's the first day I didn't feel like death waking up, so I'm gonna I'm gonna try to not take NyQuil tonight and hopefully be better tomorrow. But that's not interesting, and that's not why anyone's listening to this fucking podcast is health updates. So uh, my buddy David O'Neill has been on here a couple times, quickly becoming a fan favorite, which I can't have. So I will be having you killed within the next. Six it's unfortunate. Months. It's an unfortunate thing, and. Uh, <clears throat> I did hang out with Dr. Dale Comstock and Joseph Teddy last Saturday, and uh, yeah. You know, I, I'm very je- you know, as someone that shoots long guns left-handed, I'm I'm jealous of anyone that gets to naturally enjoy a belt fed. But you know, um, you know, M60 action. How can you not love that? Where do you go from the MP5 there? Well, yeah, and then and then the belt fed 308, and then the right, which I think is the 1917. And then we topped it off with the big daddy, the mod deuce with some traces. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure that was a lot of fun. I'm still waiting to get the video of that. But there's a video of Dale screaming, die commies, as he puts some 50 50 cal rounds through an oak tree. You know, God bless that man for for everything he's doing there. But God, I I would hate to see the the bill for the ammo with the current uh, prices right now for 50 cal tracers. We shot non. I'm not. I shit you not. We shot nonstop from from 10:02 to about a quarter after seven. So we shot for nine hours. We took about 30 minutes off in the middle and eight. We shot for nine hours. That's the good stuff, man. I'll I'll never forget my 16th birthday. I had a I had a pizza delivered directly to the range. Yeah, and um, they, you know that, you know that, those are great days when when you keep shooting until the guns until your semi autos turn into manual actions because they're that dirty. That's when you've been doing a good well, good we shoot. Yeah, we couldn't see anymore. It was getting dark. <laughs> we had the sheriff there. We had a guy from the SWAT team. So if anybody called the cops, it'd be like, no, it's cool. They're already here. <laughs> they're shooting with us. That helps. Sheriff sitting there firing off his, you know, hip shooting an MP40. (laughs) And uh, so, yeah. So, so this is actually perfect for what I wanted to talk about, like, you know, shooting M60s and stuff, because what I was going to talk to you today, are are you familiar with the movie Wolf Warrior? I am not. Okay. So, Wolf Warrior is basically Chinese Rambo. So, for, for the audience that, you know, maybe it's 300 years in the future and you dug this episode out of like a time capsule. Once upon a time in America, we used to make these like over the top ridiculous action films about like American badasses going in and, and uh, doing world police stuff. You know, America's here to save the day. And that's what China does now through their Wolf Warrior movies. And the reason I bring this up is because I find this this term has uh, become popularized in, in international relations and uh, diplomatic spaces. Wolf Warrior Diplomacy is what they're, they're, they're naming it after their movies. And, the, you know, to kind of follow up from the, the Guangxi and the, and the idea that you know, Chinese business businesses operate more like intelligence officers. We need to understand who these diplomats are that are like 60 some years old. And the, the truth of the matter is they're red guards. They are the red guards that were sent to the hills. If you've taken 
a, a course in Chinese history, the way you're typically taught about it is Mao Zedong, or as they like to call him, old B-52, because he liked to hover way above everyone else and let people fight out below him. Um, you know, when he was using those Red Guards to take out his political rivals, and, and, and keep in mind, you know, this is the, the original Antifa that went around breaking off broomsticks and professors' assholes, uh, force-feeding them their own fecal matter and kicking them to death. Well, when you're taught this story about what went on in the Cultural Revolution, it typically ends with, well, and then the, the Red Guards were banished off to the rural areas, and that was like the, and everyone lived happily ever after, and we don't really talk about it past that point. Like, we kind of think of it as like that was the punishment for them, mm -hmm. but in reality, that was like their, they were they were becoming a commissioned officer and that's their first command as a commissar is going out and, and running this village somewhere. And all these years later, you know, these diplomats, you know, that, that we see sitting across the table from Anthony Blinken and saying stuff like, you know, America doesn't have the qualification to speak to us from a position of strength. Well, you know, while we have all these, you know, academics that have, have probably never won a bar fight in their life that we consider our foreign policy elite. We have to remember that a lot of these guys that are calling the shots and running things there and are fully supporting um, this kind of left-wing Red Terror Brigade stuff around the world, uh, guess how they got initiated into the club? It was the Cultural Revolution. It was killing the professors that didn't line up uh, with Mao Zedong. It was destroying the, you know, the olds. And that's kind of what we're dealing with now is because, you know, obviously, you know, we're used to our idea of the boomers is like this, you know, they got burnout at, you know, Woodstock kind of, you know, they don't really have a position. They're just kind of go along to get along. On the other side, their idea of the boomer is a very motivated force that, you know, lied, cheated, killed to get where they are now. And they are very serious about what they're so, doing. So their their boomers are our greatest generation. Yes, exactly. It, it, that is exactly what it is, because they understood from the ground up that they were behind. And that's how they drafted, you know, what eventually became the policy that we call unrestricted warfare. Now, they really are that version of the greatest generation because they understood, hey, we're behind the game. Here's how we're going to get ahead of the game. And now you see all these videos that come out of like Chinese professors saying, yeah, we were behind. They were full on bragging. Yeah, we stole everything we could. We encouraged them to come in. We stole all their plans and this is how we're getting there you know these guys know what they're doing and they're you know they're executing as um robert spaulding said he they're executing a, a a beautiful war yeah yeah they're executing a beautiful stealth war and it's yeah and then you know it comes it's i don't think it's doomer to you know respect your enemy and to acknowledge that like they might be the more like well-organized lethal force i'd like to think in my not that i'm biased yeah i'd like to think that we've got our own unrestricted warfare we just don't talk about it you know like you know it's it's like it's like the the one thing i learned from reading annie jacobson's operation paperclip you know it's not just about the we always you know we talk about the the German, the Nazi rocket scientists that come back, but you know her book goes into all of the the chemical scientists, the biological scientists, all the shit mm -hmm. they were they were doing, human experimentation, and then Unit Seven Thirty One of Japan by Shiro Ishii. I mean that was the head Japanese guy. I don't know. The book is by a guy named Hal Gold, who unfortunately passed away several years ago. But we brought back the point I learned from these two books. If you can't tell, I'm still a little sick. I'm not popping at a hundred percent. 
You're getting there. You have to. I'm, I'm, I'm getting my powers back. I'm Superman. <laughs> They're pulling the kryptonite out of me, and I'm slowly. <laughs> <laughs> but what I learned from those books are, if you're going to do heinous shit, make sure that you do the most heinous shit, and make mm-hmm. sure you're the best at it, because you'll get taken to one of the top nations. Everyone just below you will get hung at show trials like Nuremberg. But exactly. if you're the best, if you're the most murderous of them, you know, if you hang out, if you hang the five slowest Jews at your rocket factory in Nordhausen, they'll bring you to America and you'll you'll head up the moonshot program like Werner von Braun. Anyone less than that, you'll, you're going to be hung at Nuremberg. So, or with Unit 731, if you were the worst of the worst, the, you know, they used to call the captives Marudos, which meant log. They called them logs with serial numbers, just that dehumanization. Mm-hmm. We brought back the top ones to the United States because we were like, we might need their biological research when fighting the Soviets in the coming century. The point of me saying all of that is, it's not that we stopped, it's not that people stopped being Nazis, or stopped being Unit 731 operators. They just learned to shut up. We do mm-hmm. all the same shit. We're just quiet about it. We don't we don't we don't march around with our Nazi propaganda. We keep it quiet. We're just the next ev- evolution. We're the Fourth Reich. You can call it what you want, but I mean, we have global mm-hmm. dominance, but we call it like American power projection. Now we don't call it the Thousand Year Reich. We call it a new American century. <laughs> We're very good at it. I say that whole rant to say this. Do we have our own unrestricted warfare, but we're just 2.0? We just shut the fuck up about it. We don't it, write about it. Well, well in, in, in it, one aspect of that, a critical thing is if you're too quiet, you lose unrestricted warfare because a big part of that is the propaganda. You know, mm-hmm. going back to why they call it wolf warrior diplomacy. Well, it's the idea that they're pumping out these movies that's like, hey, it's Chinese Rambo that's going into these countries and saving the day there and putting together these teams. You know, it's about controlling that culture. And the idea that they're pumping out these kinds of movies, you know, as, as you know, subjects brought up before, they're talking about how to make their men more masculine while we feminize ours over here. Um, you know, they're fully embracing that and they're making their own propaganda to facilitate the vision of the world that they want. And when you look at our entertainment sector that, you know, you go back to Rambo three, hyping up why we should be giving weapons to the Mujahideen in Afghanistan, you know, um, you know, stuff like that. If we were effective, we would be bringing back the Rambos and the good stuff and we would be making the America fuck yeah material and, and you know maybe we tone it down you know maybe we change it a little bit make it a little bit more subtle but at the end of the day we should be engaging and dominating that culture space we should be recognizing that culture as as a part of the battle space that we should be dominating and by the fact that we're allowing the Chinese to just run that that whole operation you know you, you know you could bring in the the most elite, you know, whatever classified, you know, dude, unlimited budget guy to, to my face to say, yeah, we got an unrestricted warfare program. And I'm going to say, that's nice. It's not working yeah. <laughs> because I can very clearly see it's not working. Yeah. Now, devil's advocate, could you say that? So, like, we know that for like, and again, you have to excuse me. I know I'm going at like 75% speed. Um, oh, it's fine. I'm <clears throat> getting the gunk out of my brain. Um, we know that 
the Pentagon has a liaison office in Hollywood, specifically mo- or most mm-hmm. notably for the Transformers movies. If you and guys- the CIA has a Hollywood desk the same way they have a desk in the Vatican. Mm-hmm. So we know that they do li- – and just the most – I would imagine the most notable example are, are the Transformers, uh, I guess, series, right? The franchise where they get the, either they get a huge discount or it's like a tax write or maybe it's just they get to use it for free. They don't have to rent it. I don't know what it is. But if the Pentagon gets to review their script and make alterations mm-hmm. to how American soldiers or, you know, whatever soldiers they are in, in a – you watch Transformers. I mean, you really watch it. You get high as fuck and watch it, and you'll see the American propaganda from the, the music. Bum, 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 dun, dun. And just like the Predators and the Abrams tanks and the AC-130. It's all about specific weaponry. It's all about weapon systems. But if the Pentagon reviews it, then they get a huge discount. So I say that to say, do we still have our fingers in there? But what do we see more now, right? We see the Avengers, right? They're still Captain America. We see, think about uh, Iron Man. There's a lot of controversy surrounding Captain America right now. They're trying to they're trying to turn him into a twink. Yeah, well, fuck that. <laughs> what about... What about I'm not making that up? You can no, follow Eric you. July. I, I, I believe Eric, you. Jesus. Eric July, who's making his own comic, he covers this stuff great. I'm not uh-huh. big into the comic space, but he's one of the guys that I listen to. And that you know, the war is being fought and lost right there, right now. Captain America is being turned into a soy boy. Well, maybe so. Iron Man three. It's all about the robots. It's the huge drones, and they have the Navy variant, the Marine variant, the Air Force variant, and the Army variant. And it's all about using these without humans inside so that we don't have casualties, and it's all for protecting freedom around the world. Could it be that they're laying the groundwork for the acceptance of robots in the battle space? And maybe that's why we don't – again, just playing devil's advocate – I tend to think that you're more correct in what you're saying right now about the culture war, but just playing devil's advocate, maybe going out and showing Rambo, maybe that's 1.0. Maybe 2.0 is showing an androgynous robot that maybe can't be attacked for toxic masculinity if it's just a robot with miniguns in its deltoids. So, um, you know, a really interesting, you know, idea about this. First off, I would I would argue that even when you when you go back to the original Iron Man, well, I shouldn't say, the, but the Iron Man movies and the Transformers era, I would go, go as far as to say is those films couldn't even be made today. As not that they're very old, but I don't even think that they could that they oh, could be oh, making. No, yeah. Megan Fox just looking like a like just a dime piece, but she's yeah. all, she has to be rescued by the men. Yeah, like that's already, you know, been scrubbed because it was too much. There was too much pro-American propaganda in there. And that was the uh, the huge problem. Now, going back to the, the 40K nerd uh, lore, there's a in 40K, there's a there's an enemy species called the Tau. And they're basically unrestricted warfare of that universe. They understand that they can't compete with humanity directly. And they focus very heavily on drones. And there's kind of a thing where they, they make the drones more personable. So you identify with them and they make them kind of cute and everything. And that's the idea is to, you know, to make, you know, if you're going to try to normalize bringing robots into the sphere, you're going to try to make them cute. You're, yeah. you're going to yeah, the, the little puppy from Boston dynamics, you know, um, I was watching, I think, 
think it was defense distributed. Uh, had had a really, inter- I think it was just, you know, a Glock or some standard nine mil and they had it on a quadcopter drone and it would shoot, kind of fall back with the recoil, but then it would reset itself and shoot again. So, we're, I mean, we're we're already going there. You know, there's, there's no going back from the fact that we're already normalizing um, robots in warfare and in that kind of space. But, you know, when it comes back to the, to the actual propaganda fact, the fact that you wouldn't even be able to make those movies today is what tells me, you know, wh- whoever's getting paid to run the CIA desk should probably be court-martialed, shot, uh, sent back in time to the Russian front because <laughs> that's where they belong. <laughs> it's, I mean, maybe so. Maybe the move is to make everything so PC that it can't be ignored, though. And I'm just playing devil's advocate to you today. I agree with everything you're saying. Hey, I, that's a skill, man. Being yeah. a Naismith—that's a so, very important skill. So, could you say that we're making PC stuff because, like, when movies go to Disney, or sorry, when Disney movies go to China, they remove black people from the posters because the Chinese don't like seeing black people on posters. Okay, maybe the idea is you make America so PC that let's just take it from the CIA point of view. And now when we export these movies, now I'm at now I'm in Langley, Virginia, and I'm, I'm talking to the other guys. When we export these movies to China and they don't allow these to go up, then we can go, oh, look at those barbarians. Look at those beasts. We're dehumanizing the enemy. You know, this is just the 2021 version of the 1944 films of like, oh, me from Japan, we want to kill America. Right. And it's maybe that's just the new take on it is we know that it's racist now to like make fun of china so what do we you know stop china or stop asian hate right and stop ccp hate well what do you what else would you do than say hey look how pc we are look how <gasps> china won't put black people on their posters and everyone goes oh my god and they foam at the mouth next thing you know you have everyone cheering for a biden kamala ticket going time to bomb beijing and the military industrial complex wins again yeah, and so and and the only thing that is limiting us from being able to execute that as a functional strategy, as you just said, you know, them taking the black guy off of, and, and the fact that um, that guy, uh, John Boyega, I think his name is, he came, you know, he's on record, I believe, saying that he felt like a tokenized individual the entire time, yeah. and if and the only thing that is keeping us from actually taking that momentum and running with it and executing that strategy is whether or not our mockingbird media is willing to call out China for it and then drum up that support and beat those drums. But you notice every time something like that happens, it's their, you know, mom is the word and it's a bunch of suppressed YouTube channels talking about how they're oppressing the black guy and they only hired him so they could have a black guy in in their movie and then wrote him, you know, the most basic bitch ass roles possible and just kind of, like, you know, I, you know, I always put it this way. Like, I can hardly remember the names. Like, going back to the Star Wars movies, I don't remember the names of any of the fucking characters. Other than, other than fucking uh, Ray, just because I remember watching that first one, th- the first one, thinking this entire movie makes sense if you look at it from the perspective that they have an autistic protagonist. Okay? Like, I, if you watch The Force Awakens from that perspective, <laughs> you'll actually laugh, and it, it kind of makes sense. Um, but, like, Rogue One, for example, I actually... Uh, un- Unlike all the other Disney Star Wars movies, which I only watched Force Awakens and Rogue One and the rest, we all, I, I just, everyone told me not to do it and I, I trust them. But I thought Rogue One was a really fun film. Cannot remember or name a single character from it because they were written as disposable from the beginning. Mm-hmm. 
I never saw any of them, so I don't, I don't fucking know. I'm just trying to think. One thing that just popped in my mind is uh, Bat- Batman, right? Dark Knight. Who's the who's the, you've seen the Dark Knight, right? Obviously, he's like, yeah, that you know, who's the, Bruce Wayne is a defense contractor. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's so. I mean, again, yeah, it's the square jawed heterosexual playboy billionaire. I mean, it is American Psycho. It is Christian Bale, mm-hmm. and you know who do they portray as the enemy? It's the Joker. You know, burn all the money. Money doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Fuck no, money means everything. But who's the Asian guy? I'm very good with numbers. He's the guy that takes all the money from all the mob bosses and moves it to Beijing because he's like, you guys are being raided by the FBI today. His name's, I think, Lao. And and so the DA is like, we need to get Lao. And what do they say? The Chinese will never uh, extradite one of their own. So what do they do? They do Operation Skyhook, which is straight out of the history books of the CIA. Mm-hmm. And it's Bruce Wayne, the white male heterosexual defense contractor billionaire who goes there dressed as Batman, beats the shit out of a bunch of Chinese security guards in Chinese territory. And then we Fulton use a, extracts. Yeah, right. And now we the- do a CIA extraction of a Chinese citizen and we bring him back to where? New York fucking city. And they put a note around his neck and says, deliver me to the D.A. And everyone goes, oh, yeah. I mean, I would argue that we're still Maybe. doing the culture war. We just we're painting it differently. We, we were. Okay. Have that okay. have have anyone in Hollywood make that anything close to that today? Like I, I double dog Darum. I would love to see it. Okay. All right. Because because that's already been like okay. that okay. was allowed. Okay. It's okay. gone now. Okay. You couldn't okay. do it. Okay. Devil's advocate. Devil's advocate. <laughs> I am the DA now. I'm the devil's advocate. Right. <laughs> it's what did we do with uh, Endgame? Uh, Marvel. Right. The last movie. It had the, it ended in the worst possible way. It was Deus Ex Machina. It's just Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. this Karen-haired bitch that just flies out of orbit at light speed, goes through Thanos' ship, right? Kills, you know, kills it, and that's the end of the movie, right? And I love Marvel movies, but I just can't wait for that bit to be clipped out in five or six years, and that's why I'm canceled. Karen-haired bitch, <laughs> whatever, I'll own it. I hope I'm rich by then. I hope to see that clip on the evening news. But what does she do? She and everyone complains about that. And they're like, what the fuck? So what is that doing? That's putting a woman at the forefront, right? Well, what could you argue that is for? Is it changing the elevation, if you will, of cultural acceptance? What can we do now? Saudi Arabia, they're barely letting women drive without a male chaperone. Is the whole thing um, the ancient one, right? He's the guy in Endgame. And uh, he's uh, the guy who's friends with Doctor Strange. He's He's... He's the Asian, he's the ancient one, but he's the Asian one. And he's this old, you know, he's a million years old and he's the wise one and, you know, whatever. They don't allow that scene in uh, in China because that guy's from Tibet. So maybe the whole purpose is, is we make this shit so PC that we then export it. And just like the same way the left took Greta Thunberg... This, you know, autistic white white girl with pigtails straight out of Nazi propaganda. And they go, climate change, climate change. And then if you attack climate change, they go, how dare you attack this girl? Are we just doing that to Saudi Arabia and China? We're putting these Tibetan figures, these women figures, and we're going, they're glorious, they're glorious. And they go, we don't want that. And we can go, oh, look at them. They are, they are, oh, they're savages. You know, maybe they need some freedom. Yeah. So I, you know, I wouldn't say we're trying to do that with Saudi Arabia at all. As yeah, a matter of yeah, fact, yeah. I would I would argue most of what Booz Allen Hamilton does 
uh, when, and other contractors like Booz Allen Hamilton that go into these countries and basically teach them how to set up an NSA uh, for their country is they're doing game theory and psychological studies to figure out exactly how much tyranny can we get away with. I mean, and that, no, that's, yeah, no, that's, that's really, true. that's the marker is how much can we get away with? And then we just back it off a little bit from there. Um, and that's, that's the model. It's always go straight to the maximum amount of control that you're uh, command and control that you're allowed to have. Yeah. You know, uh, you're not going to back away from that. Um, as for China, you know, going back to like the, the eighties and, and what we're trying to do with the Soviets versus now is I say, Fuck, fuck trying to get your shit so PC that you can slip it in there. I say make your shit so goddamn over the top ridiculous that people are going out of their way to the black market to get the bootleg copies. Okay, we want we want the Russian kids going in and getting the bootleg Metallica albums mm. and shit like that. You know, that's the kind of that's the kind of stuff we want to be making so that you know they can go in and get the whole culture and and because also when you're creating that demand for something that you know is going to be banned anyway, and you know is going to be in a black market anyway, well, that's that's your gray zone. That's your space to be figuring out who's sympathetic to you, who you mm-hmm. can recruit. Like, that's that's the box you want to be working out yeah. of. You know, I don't want to be working out of, you know, who showed, who bought tickets to, to watch Captain Marvel. Yeah. I want I want that guy that's willing to risk life and limb to get Master of Puppets. Yeah, to go get, or yeah, to go use Napster on some fucking, yeah. yeah. Anything like that. Yeah, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, for me, when I take the devil's advocate stance, my logic is I don't think I'm the smartest person in the world, let alone America. And I imagine that short of, you know, there's just a bunch of traitors in the government and the American empires in a controlled demolition, which I tend to agree with, is I think, like, let's be humble. Do I, is it that, is it that it's failing or is it that I don't understand it? You know, so if someone goes to Einstein and says, your theory is fucking retarded, do they at some point have to look in the mirror and go, maybe I'm not the smartest physicist in the world. Maybe I'm around some genius. Maybe I'm not. I don't know. Don't let them take you for a ride. But when I look at everything going going along, I tend to think that, you know, do I have it figured out? And is there just a bunch of CCP sympathizers in the government or... Do I maybe not have all the pieces or have I maybe not put the puzzle in the right order? Is And again, I'm playing devil's advocate. I tend to agree with everything you're saying. But I also, if we're both closed minded and we're both agreeing with each other, then we're doing nothing than jerking each other off. I know, we got to be. In which case, this yeah. episode should be on Pornhub, not YouTube. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, why, why do we war game things? Well, if you're, you know, exactly. if, you're not tra- if you're not training force on force, if you're not training adversarial situations, you're not training. Yeah, exactly. And so, so we, you know, we have to be challenging each other. We have to be looking at, you know, things from the enemy perspective. And one of the reasons that I do fall on the side that, you know, we tend to be on is because <laughs> not only um, do I disagree with their strategy, but if I was in their position trying to do what they appear to be trying to do, they, you know, they shoot themselves in the foot every five seconds. You know, mm-hmm. a, a big problem with what they're doing is that these guys I, I want to say they, they've gone drunk to the point where they've forgotten the history. I know we've we've 
beat this horse to death saying, you know, progress for the sake of progress. And at a certain point, we just get so many academics that, you know, get their little, they checked all the right boxes. They got their piece of paper. And now they're saying, well, listen, we're the experts, you know, fuck your history. We know what's best now. And, and the big problem with that is we look at the what's happening in the escalation in Ukraine right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Mearsheimer came out and said what was going on in, you know, Ukraine. They need this warm water port. They have two other ports to the north that they can only use so many months out of the year. And not only that, but they have a resurgent Ottoman Turkey to the south of them. So and it's not just, you know, it's not like they want Crimea so that they can somehow, you know, bring the Russian Navy out through the Strait of Gibraltar and then go and get past the Wick Gap and then go battle us in the Atlantic. No, they have great powers right on their doorstep uh, that they have to worry about in their backyard. And if, if you think that some academic uh, from Brookings or whatever is going to say, but don't worry, we're going to, you know, we're going to give Ukraine a bunch of money, some javelin missiles to deal with the tanks and whatever. We'll fly them into some farm with a bunch of sunflower fields and everything. We'll unload the javelins. Next thing you know, Russians aren't, you know, that's how you end up in, in World War Three because you know, damn, it's it's not a philosophical argument. It's a, it's a objective strategic fact that we're dealing with here. And as soon as we look at this mindset that happens, as soon as the blob gets back into power, you know, if I was trying to do what they're trying to do, there's about a million ways they could be doing it smarter without getting the blowback that they're getting. But it, it's, you know, it's, it's hard to say that they're anything but like an alcoholic. It's like they're so drunk that they, they don't even realize they're fucked up anymore. Yeah. And, and it's, it, it's embarrassing. It's, yeah. it's incredibly embarrassing on the world stage. Yeah. Is devil's advocate is it is it kind of like you know for people that hate trump and they're so blinded by their hatred for him and i'm sure some of them just exited out of the tab and they aren't watching this episode anymore but and you could say the same as for obama or biden or whatever people have such blind hatred for we'll use trump as an example that when he does anything they're they're so re- they're foaming at the mouth and ready to say oh dumb dumb idiot orange man dumb fat man stupid right he's nazi he's a fascist you know he's kissing putin you know, russian puppet lol orange man orange man snl said that he's not stunning and brave but we know that like what was it, it was the day he was going up the stairs on air force one with toilet paper stuck to his shoe and it was everyone all pays attention yeah and, and if i'm correct if i'm not cor- if i'm correct isn't that the day that he also sold a bunch of weapons to saudi arabia okay and and he's just like yeah and he said the quiet part out loud there when, the toilet when, paper on my shoe oh i'm a dumb dumb mm-hmm. idiot fat man right that's how yeah but the point is is where you know when he you know when he would say i have the lowest black unemployment in u.s history he knew the news wouldn't cover that so what did he do instead he'd spell history wrong and they would cover it and go, ha, the president can't even spell. His typo made them put the tweet on all the screens in America. And I'm sure Biden's doing the same thing. You know, am I blinded by dislike for Biden? How do I not know that Kamala's pulling all the strings and they're like, it's cool. We got this dementia retard up there. And all the conservatives are going, he can't even spell his name. He's an, He belongs in a ner-. And just a bunch of boomer memes. In reality, Kamala's just playing the chess game. Could it be, and just playing devil's advocate, could it be that the whole purpose is is so guys like you and me go, they're so stupid, they're so moronic. Is this whole, you know, PC thing, is this the toilet paper on the shoe? Well well that is that is a legitimate strategy when you're when you're trying to 
you know, to, to having competent when you're Actively trying to when you're strong. Yeah. Well, well, it's also, a, it's a demoralization strategy. The, the idea is, <laughs> Hey, if we promote these middle managers and whatnot, that make things essentially so miserable and whatnot, you're just, you're, you're just going to become demoralized and you're not going to look into the rest. You know, why do I not get foaming at the mouth over like Biden or Kamala or anyone else? Um, you know, and I was originally kind of anti-Trump in the view. Like I ended up supporting him anyway because I like some of the policies he oh, was yeah. managing to do. I was anti-Trump at the beginning. I yeah, I was like, you. I was like, yeah, I was like, wait a second, wait a second. Hillary Clinton's getting ready to take over the world, and our, our, we're, we're getting behind a New York Democrat. Something's wrong here. But that, that's beside the point. I don't. The reason I don't care about any of that is going back to the, the first episode in the senior executive service and the think tanks. You know, if you watch all the think tank studies and you start following the, the actual people, the, the the psychopaths with PhDs, the intel community lawyer types, uh, and, and you listen to their little conferences where they launder money through book deals and whatnot um, before going out and getting tanked at, at some DC bar, you can you'll hear the exact chain of you'll you'll hear these like Six Sigma style, you know, management cult psychopath levels uh, you know if you know what six sigma is you kind of know what i'm talking about it's like a mid-level marketing scheme for like middle management types um but if you're watching all this stuff you will hear very specific keys and phrases that become popular and and you'll actually see kind of it trickle down from the experts to the politician and when and when you're when you kind of tune into the the corporate jargon and the lingo from where it starts at there to when you start carrying it through the politicians and everything in between and you start following that telephone game you're you're absolutely right the idea of having that that kind of puppet figure is it's a it's it's the decoy target so you're a you're not you're not shooting at the real target um metaphorically clearly we're not we're not doing anything um metaphorically guys but um also it's the demoralization factor of like let's say you do want to run like you can't you don't want to fire somebody but you know hey if you just keep putting bureaucratic bullshit in front of them bureaucratic bullshit in front of them either a they they just become so demoralized that they quit it with, which is, you know, A, that's kind of what you want to do, or B, they just go along with it anyway, and now you have a little drone that's not going to fight you. So the, so demoralizing your staff, well, a, an ethical person might consider that a terrible way to run a business when you are running something much larger than a business that is getting revenue regardless of how well they perform this is something that you're going to use it when you have you know think about how unfireable a federal employee is and what you might have to do if you're trying to get rid of them you know you're going to make their lives miserable in every way you can every other kind of way right so that's that's where you have to think about demoralization is something that a manager actually wants to do to someone. You know, it's not necessarily, you know, all, you know, roses and sunshines. There are times where you're going to want to demoralize. You're going to want to do that to, to certain individuals on your staff. And that's kind of the dark side of power politics. Do you think, so at the end of Annie Jacobson's book, First Platoon, which is actually pretty good. I didn't like it at first. Um, but it's all about like a history of biometrics. She goes into kind of the end and they're talking about how like the Pentagon's already been fucking with for, like the last five years, that that's at least the classified, which means, you know, how like they can pick up fingerprints from a distance now. They don't need the press. They can just like, it's from CCTVs, they can pick up like the ridges and loops, 
you know, earlobe uh, vein patterns and how it's that's your you are have your own you have like your own six trillion digit social security number like you, they can pinpoint everyone. And there was this thing and it's from it's it was led by the Department of Health and Human Services and then transferred over to the DOD. This is like the last five minutes of the book. They talk about this thing. It was called like hyper augmented soldiers. It's basically like Delta CIA SID super soldiers, right? I'm telling you, 40K, man, yeah. space Marines. Yeah, well, listen. So it talked about something that they would have, though, are these boxes, these little boxes, like the size of an iPhone on their kit. And what this, and I swear to God, this is directly from her book. And she's quoting the Pentagon or DARPA, whoever, can project a hologram. So what they can do is if they can get a, I think they, if they can get a microgram of your tissue, has your DNA in it, they can now reconstruct you pretty much indistinguishable enough to pass the uncanny valley. They can reconstruct, I mean, digitally. And they have these little boxes that they want to put on these hyper augmented soldiers and they'll be able to project anyone in front of them or anywhere around them, indistinguishable from reality. The point being, on the middle of the battlefield, what happens if you project like Xi Jinping or something? Is it enough to just make them pause and be like, what the fuck? Is it enough to, what if you project their kids in front of them? Or what if you project other fellow Chinese soldiers in front of them? That Decoys, aren't there? yeah. Or you project it on yourself. But they could also do it airborne, which means that it's like Blue Beam 2.0. To the point where I think she described it as a in real time, in real life, biologically accurate, deep fake. Mm -hmm. So you could have, I mean, you. so but not even that. Let's say you use Intel. Let's say there's the uh, Russian Spetsnaz or something. What ha or Let's just say China's doing it to us. What happens if all of a sudden on the battlefield, you know, they can project from space or from a Predator drone. They project a Comstock talking to the other Delta guys and he goes, I have a bad feeling about this. I'm calling this off. And they go, okay, it's time to call off. Meanwhile, the real Comstock is 40 feet away taking a piss. But there is that tactical ability to where you can now start putting faux soldiers in places or, you know, you could project yourself shot in the well, head that, dead. Well, well for the record, that, that's always been there. That's just, I mean, you know, what, what, what happened during World War II, putting fake Inflate, tank armies in, in, tanks, yeah. in the desert, right? Yeah, inflatable tanks and stuff. So, I mean, it's not, it's not nothing new, just the technology know, new. But but yeah, we're, we're, we're going to go to, yeah, of course we're going to, you know, that, that level's going to end up happening. Um, and it is a really important thing to be thinking about because, yeah, that's exactly the way well, you would be using it. Very personalized or, ways that you could disrupt planning that way. Or, or, and this is what I've always said, is in terms of like, how to do the most influence in the world like i want to push the legalization of psychedelics and therapeutic use of them and the analogy i always use for it is actually it's kind of it's pretty fucked up but i always said if you were on a 747 and you had a gun with one bullet who would you, what would you do to do the most damage you shoot one person okay maybe you line people up you hit two okay maybe you take out a window and you kill a whole cabin section from hypoxia okay but what would you really do you'd, you'd slip into the cockpit and put one in the pilot's head, maybe choke out the other pilot. And now you can take down 700 people, right? Wave to the NSA. But that's what you could do. So how do you put the most influence on one spot now? So how would you do the most? Maybe you wouldn't go and project fake fake soldiers. Maybe you would do a fake 
Tim Cook or a fake Sergey Brin or Larry Page or Jack Dorsey or Mark Zuckerberg. Maybe you go and make false projections of them. And this isn't fucking conspiracy stuff. This is from what the Pentagon wants to do. And I'm just extrapolating and saying, how about instead of doing a fake Dale Comstock, you do a fake Donald Trump or a fake Joseph Biden? How do we not know Biden's dead and Kamala's running the show with a hologram? And I know I probably just lost about 10% of my subscribers, but using declassified technology or fuck it, fuck it. Trump died five years ago. Well, Bannon let's, ran let's, the show with a fake Trump. That's what I'm saying is how do you not you know, know that it's that? You know, let, let's not forget that, you know, first off, body doubles have always been a thing yeah, when, you, when yeah. you're talking about higher level targets and that yeah. kind of stuff. And then when you, you know, you know, not to not to go down the Hollywood route so much, but when we when we look back at the old Mission Impossible movies with the yeah, mask yeah, and whatnot, yeah. listen, makeup artists have gone, have come a long way when it comes to disguises and whatnot. So like, it, and, and voice changing technology and stuff like that, it, it, you know, it's not quite the little strip that you put there, but it, you know, it's, we're yeah. getting there. And so the idea is these kinds of things have already been around. These are things that are already being thought about, but yes, the idea that if we could just digitally project that, you know, imagine if you could digitally project what looks like rioters, you know, coming to start some some problems somewhere or something even more subtle. You know, you have an activist or a martyr individual that's riling up some, um, you know, and creating the disturbance right there. Or right, even yeah. even or you go to the next level, you know, you could make a projection of a cop kneeling on some dude's neck for eight minutes. And then. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't even need to make a deep fake video. You make a real life projection. So in video analyst try to debunk all the videos from different angles on iPhones, they go, this is a real video. The video hasn't been tampered with. And it's true. The video hasn't. It's the real life projection. Or maybe you make a guy sprint across the White House lawn and that's how you push in a new bill for, you know, beefed up White House security. I don't know. I don't know. It's so back to the make or the makeup and the uh, body doubles. The point of this biometric uh, holographic projection is, is, is we won't be able to deceive our enemies because biometrics have come such a long have come such a I might get stroke come such a long way is that the right way sorry am I say, no I'm just like phonetically am I saying that the right way am I having a stroke they've come such a they've they've come so far along they've advanced so much sorry the point is is to wear a body double which might fool you and I it won't it won't fool uh, AI that can look at things like they can zoom in on the retina or the loops on your or, thumb or, or your the penis. Bob Lazar thing, which is now known where they measure the, your yeah, fingers, yeah, yeah. you know, to your, so your bones and your work. fingers. And it wouldn't yeah. work if you had a body double. In, in person. Yeah. But yeah. Um, you know, when it comes to just, you know, influence operations and whatnot, and you're talking about putting a video on the web that could, you know, incite a riot somewhere, you, or, don't, you know, you don't necessarily need to pass no. the, the sniff test in person. But if you're putting out a, fake president if you're putting out a xi jinping or something you need it to because their intelligence analysts are going to be breaking it down they're going to be going he has the same lip cleft he has the same you know Mm -hmm. wrinkle above his fuck you know he has the they're looking at it in ir and they're going he has the same veins on his bicep like you know it's just all all we're looking at is a is a far more high-tech version of wizard of oz at this point Mm -hmm. that's you know it's essentially what we're talking about you know yeah pull back the curtain and um we're but just, that's what it is. We're, we're, we're Wizard of Oz right now. We're just hurtling at re-entry speeds to a brave <laughs> new world. And you know what? I don't even care anymore, man. I'm just watching. Fuck it. I'll watch the show. I don't care. Right. What else right is there until to the do? wheels fall off. What else you know? is there to do? I mean, 
not to sound like a you know black pill or nihilist, but at a certain point, it's like you know, be kind to your parents, tell your mom you love her, hold the door for an old lady at the store, pay your taxes, and or, or don't, and you know, try you know, stay hydrated. But at a yeah. certain point, it's like there's so you know, get involved in your local politics. But at a certain point, when you're looking at these people with a trillion dollar budgets using space projected biometrically identical live holographic deep fakes to influence geopolitics. I mean, what well, am I going to do? Go canvas for local comptroller? Like, <laughs> you know, the only thing you could do at that point is go into education and, and pray to the Lord that the next generation comes up a little bit wiser than, uh, th- those of us that have, uh, you know, fallen prey to the technical dystopia that we've created for ourselves because clearly we weren't thinking straight when we set this whole shit up uh for you guys they're like 300 years from now dug this up out of the out of the, the pod the time capsule you know yeah we we we, we dropped the ball 20 you know 2000s 20 you know two 2010s 20 you know 2020 2021 it Things are pretty shit right now. We, we, we didn't quite think this one through. Yeah. But what I would also say to those future people is like, <laughs> it's a hell of a ride. Hell of a ride, though. Hey, man, I, w- hangover, I will say that. A hangover sucks. <laughs> a hangover sucks more than anyone can imagine that's never experienced a hangover. But at a certain point, you look at the hangover and go, what would justify feeling like that? And you go, well, you weren't there last night when we were shooting off the belt fed with Dale Comstock. You know, it's exactly. Like, now it's hair to dog. Just keep it going, man. Yeah, that's, just... <laughs> I mean, exactly. It's, 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 I, I recently read Roger Stone's book, uh, The Man Who Killed JFK, and it's just a picture of LBJ on the cover. <laughs> but it's a, he was, he was a ruthless motherfucker. It's a great, it's probably the best JFK book I've read to date. Yeah, Roger Stone's really good. I actually got to meet him in person. I was, uh, yeah, he's, he's a cool dude. Yeah, I went to a little event um, when he was in the Sarasota area. I'm yeah, trying, it's, I'm, it's, trying, I'm trying my hardest to get him on. It's, it's, I, I think I probably got dude, a 50 50 chance. Man, you and Alex Jones keep trying to get him on. He's, he's a busy dude he's these a, days. I know. He's, a, he's, but point is, is in his book, he kind of gets to the end and he's quoting someone who's like, America is a party that's been going on for 150 years. And every new generation comes in and realizes that they have the tab. And then they go, fuck it, let's just buy another round of drinks. And they kick off the tab to the next generation. And eventually you realize that America is just a party. And you realize that the only way to survive is to keep the party going by any means necessary. So you just kick it down the road. Do we need a war with China? I don't know. Keynesian economics, man. Hey, man, how are we going to pay off this $27 trillion? I don't know. What about a nuke in Beijing? <laughs> Fire it off. <laughs> Fuck it. You know, how long? I don't know. That could probably buy us a good 10 year war. All right. And then what? Then there'll be a 20 year rebuilding process. And then what? I don't know. I'll be in my 80s by then. <laughs> so you it's know, just... someone else will figure out the Marshall plan that comes after, exactly. you know, this one. Yeah. You just keep kicking mm. it down the road and you just keep kicking it down. The... We're not paying back 27 trillion. We're not. And if you think we are, then I've got a loan to take out from you. <laughs> Yeah, you know, we got a loan takeout, bridges to sell. You know, there's a lot of things to do there. We've got everything. You know, I'll I'll never forget someone that, you know, just, and we were talking, you know, about like submarine warfare too at the time, Uh, you know, (laughs) you know, which, you know, implies that, you know, you would think that, you know, a little bit of mutually assured destruction, uh, nuclear trinity knowledge would be applied there. But this dude that, in every other respect, would be like kind of reasonable on the subject, would just be like, 
we owe them money. We have to pay back if they call our like, like, okay, if I pulled out a gun and said, give me $20, you know, like, does it matter if I owe you 400? Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. what's going on there? Yeah. It's like those signs that say like robbery is illegal here. Oh, shit. Like I had my Mac you know, 10. I was about to rob this McDonald's, but oof. that sign, I mean, it, it has a red line through the that, silhouette that, of the gun. That, I'm holding. that, that paper power. It's, it's almost like something this, this, this constitution thing. It's almost like if paper power works somehow, like our constitution would still matter. <laughs> exactly. And it fucking doesn't. What matters, it, what matters is one of the lines from Black Hawk Down, the book. And it's, uh, people, in Ivory, yeah, yeah, yeah. People in Ivory Towers can say how the world should be and how it could be. But the reality is in 99% of the world, power flows from the barrel of a gun and America has the biggest and the most guns. Mm-hmm. The, the strong will do what they will. The weak will suffer what they must. And, uh, you know, yeah. you yeah. don't have to like it. But, you know, in a, in a international anarchic system that we live in, uh, as John Mearsheimer would say, the, the only way to actually have a good time in that world is to be the baddest dude on the block. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, or as Hunter S. Thompson would say, in a democracy, you have to be a player. It's kind of the same concept. You know, we're in the party or, uh, you know, going back to what you were saying, either way, you better be the biggest party animal on the planet. Otherwise, uh, you're going to be on the chop block. Yep. Yep. I mean, it's what does Comstock say at the end of his book, American Badass? Because I like I like knowing I can defeat anyone. And I like knowing that if I need it, I can take yours so I can care for mine. Dale hey. basically lays out in the end of the book. If all else fails, I'm just gonna fucking kill you. You know, I mean, not that we want to live that way. No, no, you know, no, obviously, sure. no, you know, no, no. you know, and everyone I've ever met that comes from that kind of world that <laughs> is a badass motherfucker, I will say this: they've all been some of the politest people on the planet. But they're realists. They understand exactly, you know, how power works. Yeah. And uh, when you look at our foreign policy establishment and the academics, I can't say that for them. Yeah. Um, though, you know what? Dale's a doctor now. He's got his PhD. Yeah. So, you know what? We're, we're, we maybe maybe the boys are winning. Maybe maybe maybe, the, maybe there is a chance for academia. <laughs> maybe, maybe, you know, I think I might have a world's only. I uh, Before we went to my friend's house and shot some guns, I went and I, they were at McDonald's. It was at like 8 in the morning. And I went and met him there. And... Uh, Dale held out his hand and said, Tom, it's nice to finally meet you. And I just gave him a bear hug instead because I was so fucking, I was giddy excited. I don't know if anyone's ever hugged Dale Comstock in a McDonald's. <laughs> but I, I have that. I, and, hey, I, and I hugged his wife and I hugged Joe. You hugged him in the American embassy. You're right. I hugged the American badass in a McDonald's. In the American, in the. In a fucking McDonald's that was wrapped around with cars because everyone was too fat and lazy to get out. I'm you know, an American. You know, what, how else can you meet an American badass? Like you picked that perfect. You... I don't know if you planned that, but no, you, I you, didn't. You made you it. Know what? We, yeah, we were getting dollar menu breakfast for, you know, we got enough. We got 18,000 calories for like three bucks. I hugged Comstock in front of someone being paid minimum wage to serve me hamburgers. That was the, you know, an eagle flying couldn't have stopped that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was. But, um,. Let's get to it. How how long does Biden have? Oh man, I mean, at this point, is you know, he, is he uh, removed or does he you know, die? 
So, so there's something that I, I haven't even had the time to look into this today yet, but you know, we're seeing uh, over the, the Democrat Party imploding so much. I don't know if you saw the scandal where um, mainstream Democratic candidates were receiving donations from AOC. And then they were giving, they were trying to give those donations back because they realized that was poisoning the well of saying, well, yeah, basically I am a socialist after all this time of them saying, no, 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 we're not really socialists. So the, the Democrats are already kind of. Can you say that all again? What do you okay, mean? So, what do you mean? Well, very recently, a scandal kind of broke out that AOC was don't was basically donating money to her fellow Democrats and whatnot, and these were the, the mainstream, the liberals. Okay, like these are the ones that are very uh, they they take a lot of pride and a lot of effort to make sure that they don't sound like a socialist, okay. uh, even though they're kind of socialist. But they realize that you know if the paper trail comes from AOC and that they're getting direct support from the socialists, okay. it kind of okay. it's the quiet part out loud. It it, uh, it blows the trade craft out of the water which is why i love aoc so much I, even though i disagree with her on almost every policy position she's like the greatest gift that i've ever been given in my life um but we're already seeing the democrats basically blow up on each other um you know we see a lot of power politics and angling uh for what's going to happen after that uh we've seen them talk about the 25th you know and how it wasn't necessarily for trump it was really in case they have to do it to get uh kamala in and at the end of the day you know i'm surprised they, they let them let it run this far okay uh, you know uh, i you know whether you you like biden you dislike biden you know you know regardless democrat republican i don't care about any of that when you look at this man trying to run up the stairs when you look at what's going on there you know even if i do think that if he was in a sound mind i would call him a traitor and want him hung right now i see a guy that, that's so far out of it it's elder abuse and and every day where whoever is around him is committing elder abuse you know like you know it, it's it's absolutely sad at that point and i really think that the only reason they're trying to stretch it out is because so many uh people were basically calling it that the reason they're talking so much about the 25th is actually because they're worried about Biden. I think that they are, are worried that if they do it too soon, it plays into the fact that, you know, it's essentially already a called move. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, and that's why I think they're trying to stretch it out. Okay. You know, realistically, they already should be, you know, he should be in a wheelchair with a blanket in his lap or whatever, you know, however yeah. he wants to spend it, you know, sn or sniffing girls or whatever, <laughs> hopefully of age, you know. Be, um, <laughs> why can't they just use that hologram technology and just give them some girls? Right. Just you know, some olfactory input. And I, just let them... You know that, you know, that that might be the 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 pill that tells me that they don't have the hologram technology figured out yet because if, if they god damn it if they would just use that they could they could skip so many of the gas they could they could they could save everyone a lot of embarrassment yeah. Why and also and, and, and most importantly of all they could be not committing elder abuse yeah well <laughs> that, that's cool. the, the one thing that they could be doing yeah well power doesn't give a fuck about that and i, I don't want to yeah. point out and say ah oh, these liberals because then i just sound no different than those republicans so let's just call it the those seek who seek power whether it's ancient egypt or now they don't give a fuck about it. If you're willing to go bomb 10 million Indochinese yeah, no. in Vietnam. They don't. And they don't, at this point, I, I think that the other reason that they're that they're keeping them in there, Hunter Biden just had his book deal come out, which if you if you follow Robert Barnes and he's documented, you know, how that's a money laundering scheme and how the elite, they love to launder their money through book deals. You think um, I can get but, Hunter Biden? 
Yeah, you know what? If you maybe if you offer to, you know, take them to the strip club with some party favors, what you know, do, got, the, do do TPC from uh from some strip club somewhere. What if I got Hunter Biden on and I broadcast from Beijing? Now, you might never make it back, but you know Just that would be a that that would be that would be pretty great. But going back to what <laughs> yeah, I was yeah, saying, yeah. you know, a lot of what you know, a lot of people speculate that the reason they tried so hard to to put Biden as their guy for the Democratic ticket, no matter what, is because they wanted to protect Hunter and, you know, him, him losing his other son. You know, a lot of people have speculated that this is basically his way of ensuring that his last son isn't going to be completely thrown under the rails. And, you know, we, there was the interview that came out, which anyone that saw that, you know, it's kind of a kind of a funny interview. Of, you know, anything could have happened with the laptop. Uh, we're just now seeing his book deal kind of come out, which is basically him, you know, saying, well, this is explains the whole thing that's going to be kind of the 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 money launder to, to help set them up anyway without the the um the chinese side of the money uh being so obvious and i i think that that's really the only reason he's still kept in power right now is just because they're still trying to they're, they're trying to clean that mess out a little bit they're going to wait until that dies back down and then they'll probably swap them out um for kamala wouldn't it yeah i mean you you do kind of have to draw it out a little bit right because i mean i remember it was the day we moved we moved to georgia rather quickly in 2001 for my dad's job so we had an apartment and then they found a home so we moved there in like july and we we got like a home and moved in there in 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 september uh, i was 11 it was so we moved we moved into our house on 9 11 and I remember like going home, like I vividly, like, I mean, I was 11, but I remember like the movers moving shit around. And I remember my mom listening to the radio. And this was all after everything happened, towers already down. And I remember hearing on the radio later that night that uh, it was in the afternoon, because I remember at night I watched The Simpsons for the first time. But in the afternoon, I remember on the radio, it was like, you know, it was like Neil Bortz or Rush Limbaugh or someone. And they're like, they've identified the guy as Osama bin Laden. And I've always looked back on that, and I've thought, how odd that we were able to figure it out so quickly. Well, you know, Tim Osman, he, he was such a great officer um, for all those years. Uh. <laughs> but the, the point is, is like maybe it's like we can't make it too obvious. We can't have Biden die on January 21st. <laughs> well, yeah, if, you're, if your opposition calls your move, you know, what are you, are you going to do exactly what they just called it? No, you got to have to play it off. Um, and, and really, I just I think a lot of it is um, – I don't even think that they thought they were going to, to full on win that election. I thought that they, you know, that they were putting that up as like a throwaway candidate and just trying to do damage control. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, you know, I don't want to speculate on, once again, I'm the kind of guy that says the president doesn't matter and it's only, you know, think tanks and policymakers. So I, I you know, I don't want to get too into that, but when you, when you look at, you know, how it's mainly to, it's mainly to protect Hunter. Yeah. That, that's pretty much what, what it comes down to is keeping them in for devil's advocate why they could use hunter to remove joe so they can put kamala in they can say well, he's got to step down this is too scandalous well that's 100 percent why the um the power for the sake of power intelligence community is perfectly okay with having that because the fact that it's blown into the open um well now they they know that they can control they joe can and they know that they yeah they know at any point you know they can lean over and be like joe you know we can still hang you for treason right um Okay. Because he already kind of caught him. They already own his ass for that. And so they're perfectly okay with kind of playing that that rollout. You know, it goes back to, I remember someone telling me a, a story about a, 
um, going through the security clearance process, and it was uh, some ranger that had uh, cheated on his his wife or whatever. But it didn't matter because the wife and kids already knew. Okay, so so you know, hey, you can't be blackmailed if they already know, right? Well, and they're and they're way of running it you know if they already have a crime that they can charge you well hell be damned if the public knows because you know not like doesn't matter right you know do, you know rules for for, for the not, not for me, me. yeah I mean, um that kind of stuff they already operate by that but the fact that they can have a pending charge over your head and choose not to do it that's the perfect person to have in office because that that's very you true. have you have demo- not only does he have Democles sword hanging over him, but you're the one with the scissors right there. Like, mm-hmm. go ahead, go ahead, go off script, go yeah. off script, go yeah. off script, go off script. <laughs> Do it, bitch. Do it. Okay. So you think Kamala's chopping at the bit? Do you think she's like put me in? Maybe they, I, maybe they don't have their blackmail on her. I, I doubt I, you get to the office of vice president. I, I think I think Willie Brown has all the blackmail material you need on Kamala, and yeah, I, I don't I don't sure. think of her as as the brain or mastermind of any policy or grand strategy. I think she's of the, uh, I think the reason she is there is because uh, they realized that they could put the, you know, the blob could put any policy they want in front of her and she's going to execute it. Well, yeah, well, she's black and has a vagina, so it's stunning and brave. Yeah, I mean, you know, look at her, look at her record as a DA. Listen, it's very, it's very clear that she doesn't care about justice. She's a company, hey, she's a company lawyer. More power to her. I I respect a ruthless psychopath. I maybe don't, I I maybe don't agree with it, but I respect it. She, you know, she wasn't a, a, a justice prosecutor, okay? She was a company lawyer that was making sure that the prison industrial complex has Dark enough workers. Person. I mean, hey, again, man, I respect it. I respect it. And if Kamala contacted me and said, I'm coming on your podcast and I want a warm welcome, I would sit here and kiss her ass because I respect power. I don't agree yeah. with it, but I respect it. You know, well, well, that's, you know, one of the things of when Hillary Clinton was running, you know, you'd see a lot of, you know, not necessarily the SJW so much, but, you you know, even I kind of joked at the time when, like, what was the, you know, we have a, a reality TV star, New York Democrat versus Hillary Clinton, and even the Democrats and people like myself were going, well, at least we know Hillary Clinton knows how to kill people. Yeah. <laughs> at the end yeah. of the day, at least yeah. we know she can do it. Yeah, man, I think it's what Rogan said. This was like early 20. Yeah, that, that was the talking point. Like that should have been, you know, the mask didn't come off till later, but that should have been the mask off moments when everyone said, well, at least we know she's a gangster. It's because well, at the end of the day, you know, America watches, you know, House of Cards. And it's like, you know what? We kind of want that Kevin kinda... Spacey motherfucker hey, to, you know, molest hey, people and kills everyone. Hey, man, there's some I don't want to get my channel yanked. But there's something gangster about possibly benefiting from befuddling events in early November. I think I dodged every bullet there. There's something yeah. gangster. And I remember thinking it the next day. I accidentally got high. I hit a pen that I thought was nicotine. I got high. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, and it didn't, didn't mean to. Hadn't been high in a while. And it was the day after the election. And part of me started to get scared because I was like, dude, I feel like I'm watching this thing being stolen. But part of me couldn't help but hear like some gangster music, like an Italian movie or something. Yeah. It's like, you know, this one guy runs for office and he wins with 104 percent of the vote. It's bad, but party respects it. You know, what's the difference between politics and geopolitics? 
Well, the G is for gangster. It's about saying, you know, <laughs> the, the, the G is, is is saying, hey, we don't care what color, what, poly, you know, whether it's Republican or Democrat, we want the resources. You know, oh, yeah. the G oh, yeah. is for gangster. And that, that's people, yeah. that's the uniparty. Hey, you know, man. that's the bipolar oligarchy right there. Hey, man. And, you know, part of me, part of me respects it. You know, I'd love to make America great again. But part of me, I mean, I think it was Rogan that said in early 2016, he was like, yeah, I mean, he's like Trump's an asshole. But, you know, Hillary absolutely kills people. And he goes, but there's something a little gangster about that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's like at the end, like, don't get me wrong. Like, if I had to have a gangster president, I'd rather have Putin just because not because I like him as a person, but just because I know he's incredibly competent. Because if you don't have Putin, how are you going to go against Putin? Yeah, it's like, guess what? I want someone like that on my side calling the shots. And that's my main, you know, yeah. that, that's yeah. my I mean, hey. gripe. That's my gripe with our establishment is the fact that I would much rather have a, a rational realist uh, model where we just drop the facade and say, you know what? We're going to put yeah. a guy like Putin in there and we're going to run this shit like we know what we're doing. And you know what? If that was the case, I would feel very differently about my government. I'd probably be a lot more. Uh, pay- I, I probably I, I wouldn't say patriotic isn't the right right word because I, I hate my government and I still consider myself a patriot. But um, I would probably be a lot more sympathetic and willing to work with my government than I am now, which is if, if I meet someone that works for the government, the first thing I'm going to do is call him a welfare queen. And the second thing I'm going to do is I'm going to constantly ask him for $20 because I basically figure they owe me that. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) Now let's play, let's play devil's advocate. Have they been doing that since Kennedy? And what they've been doing is we put on this nice mask of not having the gangster. Mm -hmm. So let's look at actions. The actions still say, let's go kill a million people in Vietnam. Let's go destroy let's go destroy the Middle East. Let's go do whatever the fuck we want. And now here you and I are sitting here going, you know what, I wish we would just put a gangster in the White House. And the reality is is we've been acting like gangsters for seventy years, but we're we're gangster two point oh. We realize that people love the gangster. What they love more is a gangster with a happy face taped onto the front. And it's working because the fact that yeah. you and I have to say, I wish we had one, there are people at the very top going, what well, do you mean you wish? Well, that you know, it goes back to what we were saying uh, about Wolf Warrior Diplomacy and how they basically have the greatest generation going on over there. And what we have is we have the, the children of the original gangsters that forgot that the way we built this – this uh, liberal democracy, the way we built the uh, the empire of liberty, so to say, was by being fucking gangsters. Okay, it wasn't by you know. Yeah, we might pretend at some point that we're not gangsters, but when you look at our foreign policy establishment, that you know, uh, a they're you know they're they're boozing and cruising. Uh, You know, that's what they spend most of their time doing. It's, you know, we're going to go do the conference. We're going to do the book deal. We're going to launder some money and then we're all going to get hammered. Um, It's it's the uppities. It's the people that really don't understand that you have to be a realist. You, you, you know, you can, you can pretend to be not so much of a gangster, but if you actually do that to the point where people forget you're a gangster, well, guess what ends up happening? Now you have a power vacuum and now you have a lot of people that don't respect authority that are going to figure out their own version of authority. And that's when, that's when you end up with serious civil unrest. So that's why it's like, you know, listen, I'm, if we're going to take the mask off, I'm all for it. But that's why it's like I would much rather have a Putin than the the whole clown show thing that goes on because a, it, it completely undermines our foreign policy to begin with. When when we have a 
a essentially a system where every four to eight years, you know, we we turn into a manic depressive bipolar person and completely change, you know, the the or, the natural world order of how things or should be or the new world order, however you want. But I know that's conspiracy now. But once upon a time, George H. You know, the original September Bush. 11, he was 1991. He, you know, he really loved that term. Yeah, he gave uh, the speech know, on 9/11, yeah, 2000, yeah, he, in 1991. He, yeah. He gave the speech. Um, yeah, it, it's a really important thing to consider that we have to think this way. We have to put up people that we respect, not just because they're good people, but because they're competent people. Yeah. Okay. And it has to be a mixture of both. You know, the reason why I, I don't, even though Putin is a rival in a lot of ways, the reason I'm not like crusading from the rooftop saying we got to have regime change in Russia is because is Putin a gangster? Yes. But he's a very rational actor that you can predict what he's going to do reasonably well if you're not an idealist. And for the most part, if you're not seriously fucking around, he's not going to bother you. Mm -hmm. Okay, he's not just going to whack you for no reason. If if he's going to whack you, it's because you were on the inside. You know, you made a you made a deal on the inside and you went on the outside. And, you know, in anywhere else in the world but America, if if you're a traitor, Traders get dealt with. Doesn't mm -hmm. state, gang level, it's all the same thing. Traders get dealt with in a healthy, functional system. But that's not what we have right now. And that's essentially the problem. So I would argue that, yeah, so what happened, you know, you can be a gangster and not act like a gangster, but the problem arises when people know, when people forget you are the gangster. Mm hmm was the first thing he did when he came into office, right? You know, it's L LGBTQ, build back better. You know, we're here for everyone. I have Kamala, yes, queen. And then what does he do? Like 72 hours in, he bombs the fuck out of Syria. Was that the equivalent mm -hmm. of going into prison and killing the biggest guy? We just came in and said, hey, you know, LGBTQ rainbow flags, Black History Month, bomb the fuck out of Syria and let well, everyone I know we're back. I, you know, just that's how, advocate. so, so, well, you're, you're right in that. That's how they view it okay. as this is how we say America's back. The problem is Syria is not the biggest guy in prison. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and when we look at like, you know, uh, you, you know, I remember Disclosed TV put out like, you know, Ukraine asking NATO to send serious signal that we're, you know, we're ready to go back on. Like, you know, we see all the same policies line up. We see all the same miscalculations and, and just the, the insanity and incompetence of that foreign policy coming right back into play. And, you know, like if they wanted to take a shot at the biggest dude on the block, well, guess what? The biggest dude on the block is China. And there's a lot of talk about saber rattling. Oh, we'll put a carrier group over there. Listen, if we go hot with China, a carrier group's going to the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I don't believe that. Before you know, I, yeah. you know, I, you know, I as you know, I don't want to talk too much shit about you know uh, naval force projection, but you know, I, I feel like in a serious conflict, in a state actor on state actor, you know, conflict uh, today, the bat, you know, the carrier is the battleship. Okay, it's 100%. Anything that you have that says, here I am, I'm a military target. Well, guess what? There are very smart weapons that are, you know, and there's a lot of them that can make that a, a big problem. And, you know, this is why I say that the, the future of warfare, no matter how you want to cut it up, is going to be dominated by the non-state actor, whether that's a religious uh, extremist group, whether it's a private military company that actually has some kind of operational security because they don't necessarily go through the OPM. Um, you know, whether it's a, a drug cartel, you know, these are the only groups that are going to be able 
to operate effectively just because they're decentralized. You can't, you know, you can't find their carrier group out in the ocean somewhere. You can't, you know, necessarily just bomb their headquarters, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that's really the, the, as we're going into the, this kind of space now where essentially everything is becoming the gray zone. You know, as we're seeing psychological warfare expand, as we're seeing, uh, you know, just nonstop propaganda, Smith modernization, all that kind of stuff going on. Um, it's it's about creating that kind of network, because what is a government? A government is people. OK, and that's why it's like, you, you, you know, you can talk about regime change all you want. You know, you can have the biggest, baddest air force in the world that can completely bulldoze Iraq over. And you could, you know, uh, say that the, uh, you know, Iraqi military is dismantled overnight. But what do you have to do after that? You have to rebuild the Iraqi military. Yeah. And, you know, if we study what how that went out, you know, uh, there was a lot of people that, you know, said right at, you know, right away that this uh, this isn't going to end well. And, well, it hasn't really ended well. Um, you know, the power vacuum created there, you know, pretty much spawned ISIS. And then, you know, next thing you know, fleets of Toyota Hiluxes are going out. Um, so at the end of the day. The only, you know, and this is why unrestricted warfare in, in the fourth and fifth generation, where, you know, I don't like to use those ter- the terms too much because, you know, at, this, at, at a certain point, I just like to say unrestricted warfare because, you know, they, they kind of wrote it up the, the best way, in my opinion. And just, you know, yeah, well, let's just call it all one thing and, and be done with it. Um, because no matter what, it's about changing the people. It is about socially engineering those people and getting them to fight for you. And... The, the days of where you're going to get them to necessarily sign up to, uh, you know, I mean, look at attrition rates of, you know, militaries around the world. Um, look at the pipelines of, of militaries and, and and whatnot around the world. Um, and then you look at what they're doing to our military right now, driving a lot of the, the good folk out. Um, you know, I hate to say it, but uh, if, if you're in the military right now, you're probably you're probably the farthest from where the fight actually matters right now because the entire purpose of of unrestricted warfare is how can we keep the killers of the world on a safari fucking around with goat herders and not fucking with the people that are actually running the policy um of grand strategy that's the goal that, 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 how do I avoid getting shot in the face well let's send the people that shoot people in the face somewhere where like I don't have to worry about that shit or you use holographic deep fake projections and, and well you know that's where we get into like blue beam 2.0 and i'm i'm sure at some point it'll you know world of worlds will uh, end up just straight up happening we'll end up seeing that kind of scenario and in the third world it'll be incredibly effective actually you'll cause all oh, yeah, kinds oh, of panic yeah, and, yeah, yeah sure. it'll be very fun oh, sure. I, even even in, I, I shouldn't say just in the third world hell i like i said before if you do that one time just to uh just with the level of uh you know that level of hatred towards police if you can even fake a, a police scenario like that congratulations you could have a freaking uh, a metropolitan city burned down yeah, so I mean, it's a very scary thing to think about you know as 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 deep fakes develop whether it's a hologram or even if it is uh you know say a, a deep fake video you could have 11 experts say guess what this is debunked we can see the pixels this that and the other you know whatever the hell you want to say to say it's debunked but it, guess what if mockingbird media doesn't cover that and it's just a bunch of conspiracy theorists on the internet saying that well uh you know the rest of the mainstream media is saying yeah no that that cop it, there's a bunch of conspiracy theorists that say chauvin was a uh was a hologram and, and none of this happened 
it doesn't even matter if you cover that up in the first place because you'll still get the low information individuals going out and burning something down so you know it's just a terrible it's a, it's a very terrifying prospect to think about how that's going to be used in, in unrestricted warfare as we see it now but yeah blue beam 2.0 well my my brain's melted i'm still i'm still kind of feeling like shit so let's wrap this one up david but um I think we need a schedule for next week and we need to get into the next step of where this goes. A mixture of blue beam. When are we going to see mass robotics deployed? When does Boston Dynamics come? When does it move from a from a YouTube from a viral YouTube video to when are they doing patrol outside the Pentagon and the White House? When do they walk alongside the motorcade? That's what I want to get into. No, and, and the thing is that already exists so high up in the sky that we can't see it. But yeah, it's coming to the ground. Well, the, yeah, no, you know, okay. the, the ground, yeah, specified yeah. ground base. Yeah, not yeah, but yeah, but the, the, the it's coming to the ground, and we're going to see that soon. And I, I'm looking forward to that because we did say eventually this is just going to turn straight into a the higher side chats level of off the rails. Oh, and that that we're, is that we're is on my, track. That is my intention. <laughs> you and I are we are on our hundred year marathon, just like the CCP, except we're going to we're going to replace Greg Carlwood as the higher side chats. You know, I, I mean, I'll, I'll feel I won't feel bad when we replace Joe, but I will feel a little bit bad when we replace Greg. He, he's a he, he's always been a great guy in that space. You know, love him, but we're coming for him. We're coming for coming him, for right? him. The higher side chats have been good, but we're Tommy's coming. merch is better than yours. Hey man, it's right here, baby. I, right I, here. I'm excited for when mine shows up, man. Like yeah. I'm. But better fucking show up soon, or I'm gonna have to pull a deep fake and get the fuck out of here. Right? Um, yeah, you know it might have to happen. You know, my my postmaster might have forgot that I lived here. It happens sometimes. Motherfucker. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry for wrapping this one up in an hour. I still kind of feel like shit. No, nah, man. Hydrate, change your socks, recover. We'll do this next week. Fuck yeah, man. David O'Neill, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, you heard it here first. The uh, Real-time deepfake blue beam holograms are coming for you all if they're not already here. Man, I you know, wish I was good at video editing because what I would do is as I was saying that, I would have my image glitch. You know, do that and then like have the Terminator theme just kind of come in on the background there. Uh, and remember, anti-material capabilities. Mike Adam has a semi-auto 338 Lapua based on a DP-28 gun for a reason, and it's because he knows the robots are coming. The robots are fucking coming. Yeah, I'm going to actually, I'm going to give you homework. I'm going to, I'm like a total douchebag. I'm going to make you watch the rant I did yesterday about that's, kind of what I think is coming. And I want That's to- already on my list, but yeah. We're, next week, we will definitely, give me all the homework you want. I'm excited to be Fuck going yeah. down the blue beam rabbit hole. Let's do Fuck it. Yeah, David, I love you, brother. Thanks for coming on here. And uh, yeah, I feel like shit, so I'm going to go poop. <laughs> All right, dude. have fun with that. I will, buddy. Let me know on the Bristol School scale how it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs>